Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Confidence Project. I am your host, Kimberly Hill, and I've got the pleasure of bringing on some marriage and family therapists today, founder of Connection Codes, Dr. Glenn and Phyllis Hill. And their story is a unique one. They spent 30 years of their marriage, three zero years of their marriage living disconnected from each other. They mentioned that their first sexual experience sent them into years of avoidance and pain. And Dr. Glenn was so determined to find out what was going on in the relationship that he went back to school to become a marriage and family therapist as well as a clinical sexologist, right? There was a hunt for answers here. But it wasn't until he actually dug deep into understanding emotional regulation where he discovered the source of where all their disconnect began. From there, Dr. Glenn and Phyllis created what's called the Connection Coach, which is a framework to help couples connect emotionally and physically using their four-minute tool. Now they are authors, speakers, and have Connection Codes in over 50 countries and other couples who are living in peace within their relationship. So welcome to the show. Welcome, the two of you. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Uh, how are you Thank both doing thanks. today? Oh, we're it. doing great. Absolutely. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your like morning routine? Like it's a little bit more in the afternoon for you. It's about quarter past 11 here. You guys getting into your lunch hour. What do you get up to first thing in the morning? Oh man. We love sitting on our front porch mm. and, uh, drinking. I drink coffee. Well, in the mornings we both drink tea actually. Yeah. So yeah. And we just love uh, connecting early in the morning mm -hmm. on the outside. It's just, it's a little warm here still, but in the mornings, it's really not bad yeah. at all. So we love it. And then you, you hide inside and get some air conditioning going. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Ah, tea drinkers. Fair enough. I like mm -hmm. my tea yeah. usually in the afternoons. Very much addicted to caffeine, but <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have a morning ritual. Well, uh, been excited to, of course, have you both on this show and just to, to help the mm -hmm. audience get a little familiar with the two of you. Would you please just in introduce yourself and uh, yeah, let us let the, the listeners know kind of who you are, what what the heck you're doing on the Self-Confidence Project <laughs> podcast, and yeah. uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, there's a lot, right? So we've been married 41 years, mm -hmm. been together 45 and, you know, even listening to uh, some of your episodes, I just think, wow, if we'd have had mm. a dating coach, oh, my word, right. <laughs> we would have <laughs> saved ourselves tons of pain. Yeah. And, you know, we thought we had it together and that we did all the things that you're supposed to do and be responsible and have good jobs and, uh, you know, money and car and all the things. We even bought a house right before we got married. But it just, it, it wasn't, you know, we were so on our own, like we were mm. making up the rule book. And so there was a lot of wounding right at the beginning, for mm. sure, that lasted for years because we didn't know how to get out of it, like mm. how to, um, I know in your previous uh, episode, you were talking about just being emotionally connected. Mm. And then even how do we fight? How do we resolve mm -hmm. conflict? We had no idea, no idea how to do any of that, which it's interesting because I think over the years we figured it out, but part of the mm -hmm. figuring it out was don't talk about trigger topics, mm -hmm. stay away from them and then you won't fight. And, and then also have great sex. If you have great sex, stay away from trigger topics, mm -hmm. you're going to be fine. But eventually we learned, man, there's a lot of trigger topics. Mm -hmm. So yeah. <laughs> don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. Yep. And then, you know, you have kids, you focus on the kids. But then you kind of get to that place where you're like, who are you? Mm -hmm. Who am I? Mm -hmm. And so Glenn spent years, he went back to school in his 40s, almost 50, and just went in a very different direction in life because we mm -hmm. had that curiosity of there's got to be more. There's got to mm -hmm. be more to relationships and to marriage and the, that whole topic. And so that's what he did so much of his research on. Yeah, and just like every other couple, 24 hours before our wedding, we were super excited about Happily Ever After. I've never been mm -hmm. to the wedding where the plan is, you know, we'll give it six months, maybe two years, and then we'll like either dr grow apart or mm, hate each other yeah. or whatever. Oof. I've never been to that wedding ceremony. We go to a lot of weddings. 48 hours after our wedding, we were already lost. Uh, we yeah. had lost each other. And then it took us over 20 years to really start to get traction our second decade together 
as Phyllis said, we just kind of learned, well, let's just don't talk about trigger topics. So we basically didn't talk at all. I mean, and everybody thought we had a great marriage because we didn't fight. Well, right. when we weren't connected. We just weren't fighting uh, yeah. anymore because we were exhausted. And, uh, you know, again, we had children by then. So we're just busy with work and the house and the kids and but we weren't connected. Mm -hmm. So we were well into our third decade before we started getting a clue that there is actually a way to do this. We just didn't know what it was. And all of the, the marriage books and seminars and stuff we went to, uh, again, they're basically they addressed intention and effort. You need to have better intentions, which we had great intentions. We didn't marry as mm -hmm. a joke. Yeah. Uh, and we were exhausted from all of the effort. So that didn't help us any. So we finally figured out people don't need better intentions. They need better tools. And we didn't have any tools. Uh, we always mm. liken it to, we were trying to get a nail into a board with a toothbrush. And so we're beating <laughs> the hell out of this nail with a toothbrush and it doesn't work. And we just had the wrong tools. And yeah. we didn't know that for a long time. And Phyllis eventually had me go back. She made me quit working, which I just think is gutsy, you know, to, to have me quit working. Uh, and I went back to school and just did a massive amount of research and started discovering. And my first focus was what causes people to disconnect? Cause this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Everybody shows up to their wedding on purpose because yeah. they want to, and they are excited about happily ever after. So what in the world happens that again, whether like for us, it was two days or whether couples it's two months, two years, whatever, what happens where they lose each other? And that was my initial uh, goal was to figure that out. And we did. It was amazing. Well, you know, even with what you're doing, just as far as this coaching of, you know, how to date well, like, mm. and we do have patterns. Like sometimes I'm even with, with you, when you mention like, how do we fight, right? Mm. How do we deal with conflict? Do we, you know, do we storm away? Do we, mm. you know, whatever it is, do we gaslight? Do we, you know, are we rude? Are we, it's like, what is our pattern? And for, I think a lot of us, we don't even think about it. We don't mm -hmm. slow down enough to go, well, wow. Yeah. I thought mm. it's just automatic. Well, for that is true. Like we automatically respond, but it's not the way you have to respond. Mm. And, you know, for us, like some of our conflicts, I thought it was all logistical. And we used to almost say jokingly, except there was so much pain behind it, is that we would take each other into the courtroom mm. and be like <laughs> trying to prove who's right and who's wrong. Right. Yeah. And I remember so many times saying, man, I wish we could like push replay like you do in mm. football so that we could see what really happened just a few minutes ago mm. that we are now like on a you know, the train has taken off at full speed. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like, what in the world happened there in those few moments? Mm -hmm. And one of the things, uh, you know, with Glenn going back to school, he became a marriage and family therapist and then got his uh, doctorate in sexology and started a private practice, started working with couples and just realized, man, a lot of it is that we lack tools mm -hmm. and we think it's logistical. You know, yeah. if you would just pick up your shoes, I wouldn't <laughs> feel so angry. Right. And it's like, whoa, what's behind that? Because he's not doing the shoe thing on purpose. He just is so unaware and he just leaves his shoes when he takes them off. So we just started realizing there was so much more behind the scenes mm -hmm. that happens in relationships. We think it's all logistical, but really it's what's happening inside you that makes yeah. the difference. Yeah, and that's kind of what we discovered. That's right. Like arguments are very often much more about what's going on underneath that first mm -hmm. layer versus he or she didn't help me un unload the dishwasher. Right. It's, it's mm -hmm. the feeling of, Hey, I actually am feeling like I'm disconnected from you or I'm getting mm -hmm. resentful because this and that is going on, but I'm not communicating because I don't have the tools to communicate. So you're right. Like, you know, a lot of people think, Hey, I'm getting married now. This is the, you know, the end of the, the work in our relationship when in, in yeah. fact, it's really just the beginning, isn't it? <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Well, and I love that you get it even before the marriage part. Like mm. if we date well, we will then take that relationship in right. to marriage well. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, part of it is, like, again, figuring out how do I communicate in a way that is received? And, mm. you know, so much of what Glenn's research took him down the road of just understanding emotion mm -hmm. and understanding how does our fire brain, our fire brain, oh, wow, fire brain. <laughs> how does our brain. brain fire emotion? Yeah. And 
for many people, they don't understand that you can't opt in or out of emotion. Mm-hmm. Emotion happens to you. Yeah. And that, wow, what do I do with that when I feel anger or I feel hurt or I feel lonely? What do we do with that? And how do we communicate that? And that's some of our just basic tools that we created really came from our own story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just understanding. Like for me, I was, when he was in school, I was running my company that I had built. So for me, I was just a seven day a week person who was always plugged into mm-hmm. my company. And this particular year, my mom was dying mm-hmm. of cancer and my mom and I were super close. But between my company and my mom, I got super dysregulated emotionally. And I would, I just thought I could opt out. Like I'll get, I'll deal with the sad over my mom next year. I'll deal with the grief of her dying next year. Well, that's not how the body works. The body keeps the score and you can't, you can store emotion for a while, but eventually it's going to affect you super negatively. And for me, it was one of those, my body started shutting down. I stopped sleeping. Well, you can't do that for very long. And so Glenn was doing all this research and bringing it home to me, which was great, except I needed it in a very concise, short version. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, babe, I'm not going to read those books. I'm not going to read those research papers. (laughs) I just need you to create a tool that's going to be super simple and help me to tune into my emotions, because I really, at this point in my life, thought I could really opt out. And I didn't know that it's firing in your brain all day long, and you got to tune in. Yeah, That's right. she was a difficult case study, um, but that actually helped us a lot because <laughs> that allowed me to say, okay, well, how do we make this implementable for people? Yeah, uh, right. and I'm a researcher, I'm a scientist, I love, I can just read, 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 mm-hmm. read forever. Well, the vast majority of people are not going to do that, mm-hmm. and so to be able to re- reduce this down, and then we also began studying children as far as how children function, which is much closer to the human condition. You know, a 12-month-old, an 18-month-old, a two-year-old, they don't behave the way they do on, on purpose. They just do. They're just mm-hmm. coded that way. They're hardwired that way. And so eventually we started seeing, because humans connect by nature. We, we are designed that way. We forget how to do that. It's not that we don't know how, we just forgot. Mm-hmm. And so eventually we began developing the tools to help people get back to what we call coding, their original coding, their hardwiring, so that they just automatically connect. Because yeah. again, Phyllis and I married on purpose. We wanted to be together. <laughs> the intention was there. So the right lost. intention right. was there. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. we just had no clue uh, how to do this. And so everything became a disconnector uh, for yeah. us. Uh, I mean, literally every day, sometimes 10 times a day, we're disconnecting. And that was my focus. It's like, how is this possible? Phyllis and Glenn are smart people, dang it. How did they get so lost so fast? It doesn't make sense. We're not stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we were just stupid people, it's like, well, they're stupid. What do you expect? But we're very intelligent people. And it didn't make sense to us that we could get so, not just not just like having a conflict. We were lost from each other for literally for decades. Yeah. Just didn't have any connection at all. And so that was my original initial quest was to figure out what causes people to disconnect. Uh, and just so you know, I'm the educated one. Phyllis is the smart one. I do all the research <laughs> and hard work. And then she figures out what actually matters because she said, well, wait, if that's what causes people to disconnect, what if we reversed it? Mm-hmm. Is that what causes people to connect? And she was correct. And so now we know scientifically how to get people to connect uh, deeply uh, in relationship. And they've been walking sideways emotionally so long that for most people it's very difficult. And we were the slow kids in the group. It took us a long time to get yeah. good at this. But we're startled now after being together 45 years and remembering all the pain, remembering mm-hmm. all of the misses, mm-hmm. all the disconnects, all the problems to now get to live this. We're like, are you kidding me? This is a thing. This is possible. It would have been nice to know this in our teens or at least our 20s because we could have avoided a tremendous amount of pain. You know, yeah. one of the things you mentioned in your last podcast is, you know, so often in dating, we you know, we're attracted to someone. That's kind of what starts the whole thing. But then because we don't have the tools, we can be in a relationship for like three years before we Mm. figure out we don't even have the same goals in life. Like Mm -hmm. we don't even have just seeing the future, like as in, we don't even talk about that stuff. Mm. And, you know, whenever uh, we also have a podcast and when we have singles on our podcast and we talk about our tools, 
it's often like these are the tools that can change even how you date and how you show up with a date because it's kind of one of those where if you're not emotionally just honest right away Mm -hmm. then it's kind of one of those where you go okay we there's so much that you bring even to Mm -hmm. the first date right Mm -hmm. i mean there's so much where i think a lot of times we think okay i can't be authentic i just have to show up and look good you know and i'm gonna hold my cards really close or Mm -hmm. i'm gonna wait and see and we we have all these things that we put out there in relationships but then it's almost like we don't know how at what point do we show up authentically Mm -hmm. at what point do we really say hey this is who i really am and so often when we do that especially the longer we wait that other person can feel so like betrayed or mm, misled. Like the, or, yeah. 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 Like the, mm-hmm. the trust is broken. Like, why didn't yeah. you tell me this to begin with? Yeah. Well, it's because we don't feel like we're supposed to, right. We feel like we're supposed to show up inauthentically mm-hmm. to be able to go, well, I'll wait and eventually tell them about that part of my life or my past or yeah. my family of origin or whatever. And yet all those things, are what makes such a difference in the future of a relationship. And so one of the things that we, um, like I was trying to think for your listeners, some of the tools Mm. we have. So we we have just, uh, we've written a book, we have master classes, of course, Glenn has a private practice. So there's a lot that we have out there, but uh, so just a simple one, for example, um, the why, versus what happens. So mm-hmm. often in relationships, we say, why did you do that? Or why do you think that? Or, you know, why, why did, do you feel that? Way? Yeah, why do you feel that yeah. way? Why did you show up late? Why didn't you, mm-hmm. you know, do what you said you were going to do? And again, through lots of research, mm-hmm. found discovered that when we are asked that question, why pretty much about anything, we feel that we are being attacked. No, like we for have sure. to highly come defensive. up with, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So we respond in a defensive way of like, I have to prove myself here. I have mm-hmm. to have the perfect answer. And so we kind of say, hey, just take the why out of your conversation with mm. anyone. Just mm-hmm. put in instead what happens. And so it's like you're you're saying to someone, so what happened that you know you didn't get that done today? or or what happened when this and this occurred? And it is so amazing mm-hmm. how that question opens a door up for people to feel like mm-hmm. they can answer in a really genuine, authentic way. It sounds yeah. like that, you're interested in understanding them versus yes. judging them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And that's one of our protocols is that why indicts, it's an accusation, what happens invites, it's an invitation. Mm-hmm. In- when we did the research, we just did exit interviews with people mm-hmm. uh, and we just asked the other, you know, so what what happened for you? And he kept asking you why? Mm-hmm. And the, in the, the other individual will always say, oh, I felt so attacked. I felt so accused. Yeah. So finally, we're like, oh, well, this is a no brainer. This is always a lose whenever somebody's challenged with why. So and we encourage your listeners, do your own research for 30 days. Don't ask anybody why ever. And we <laughs> ask why about science and math and stuff. But as far as inter, interpersonal relationships, don't ask why for 30 days. Instead, ask people, so what happened for you there in that situation? Catch me out. And we also throw in what we call the I missed it to say, I think I'm missing something. Help me get what happened for you. Yeah. And you watch what happens with the interactions. It's startling, the, the shift. That it's very coach-like. It's very coach-like. One yes. of the things yes, I yes. very rarely do, even with my clients, is ask the why question. I mm-hmm. feel like the analogy is if you're standing in a square room, the more whys you ask, the more you paint yourself into a corner yeah. and yeah. you just start to feel wow. trapped there versus the questions of, you know, what happened? Help me understand. I might have missed that. Could you yeah. share it a different way? I'm really right. genuinely trying to understand you. Mm-hmm. And that's when people feel safe right. to be vulnerable yes. and safe to open up. And we have to yeah. remember that even in our relationships, 20, 30 years in, we have to constantly create and foster the environment of safety with our mm. partners, right? Because it Absolutely. can go very quickly when we feel we're being judged or I got big right. eyes. So if I look at my partner the wrong way, uh-oh, <laughs> he doesn't want to open up because he's going, yeah. uh, she's already wow. made up her mind about <laughs> me, right? So, you know, it's really wow. making making that environment feel safe. And uh, it really sounds yeah. like what we're talking about here is 
self-awareness, right? Understanding mm. oneself, how we show up. Um, it's like, you know, scanning out to 10,000 feet. If you could mm. in that football replay, look back at yourself and understand mm. how you're showing up in that interaction. And I get why people are like this. I mean, when I went to high school, one of the things I was encouraged to do was get on the debate team. I was mm. taught that winning was the way forward, Wow! Yeah. right? That you had to do and use whatever means necessary to mm-hmm. discredit the other person to build yourself up, to get the validation of the room, to get the grade, to continue and be successful. And so for, I'm very lucky that I'm learning this, you know, at my younger age, Mm -hmm. understand that a relationship is about fighting the problem, not fighting each other. Although I certainly am not perfect. (laughs) There's times where, (laughs) times where I really do feel like I am right, but uh, it's hard to overcome that and, and learn that, you know, the way that my partner and I are going to retain a strong relationship is if we overcome our challenges together versus uh, try and be better than the other person and introduce Mm -hmm. contempt into the relationship. So when we talk about tools, right, because everybody I think everybody wants a quick fix in life. Mm. <laughs> we all want the the shortcut, the short code, the quick way to to make things feel mm. more exciting in a relationship. So let's talk in the context of couples that have been together for a little while and they're starting to emotionally disconnect from each other, mm. right? They're building up resentment because of unsaid things. Uh, they're starting to nitpick each other and they might even start to get to the point where they're thinking, who is this person? that I fell in love with, right? Because we feel like we're, we're changing so much from the original relationship. So what's the first thing you two recommend for couples that are at this point where they're starting to doubt their relationship? Well, it is interesting. Uh, I love that you even earlier mentioned the dishwasher. Um, and that is one thing. And we share this story actually in our book is that was a super big turning point for us. It's, we call it the dishwasher story. And it's, it kind of goes back to, am I right? Or is he right mentality? Mm-hmm. And that, that really leads you down a pretty destructive road because then we're always in that courtroom setting. And so with us, with the dishwasher, um, he glenn would unload the dishwasher i would notice it come in and i would go oh babe thanks for unloading the dishwasher mm-hmm. which in my book is the proper way to respond thanking someone for something they do mm-hmm. so i always felt like that is that is right under the right category but glenn always responded to me like with a snarky response to me saying thank you mm-hmm. and this particular day and i guess we'd been married probably 20 years by now Mm. he said i said thank you for unloading the dishwasher and he said well that's not the only thing i've done today and usually i just roll my eyes i would just turn away like oh good grief can't you just say you're welcome (laughs) and this particular day i became curious Mm. and i turned to him and i said what happens for you when i say thank you Mm. for unloading the dishwasher what do you hear me say? And this is how he responded. Yeah, what we were missing is that I was partnered to one of the most productive people on the planet. She happened to be partnered with one of the least productive people on the planet. I'm fun to have around. Very common. Very common. <laughs> I just struggled getting tasks done, and she was phenomenal at getting tasks done. So when she would say thanks for loading the dishwasher, it felt to me like she was like, oh, my gosh, it's a miracle. Glenn did something productive for a change. Call the mm-hmm. Internet, you know throw some confetti, we'll have a party that Glenn did something useful. Mm -hmm. So that was overwhelming uh, to me. And I wasn't trying to experience it that way. I just was. And I was convinced and understand this didn't happen once, twice, 10, 20, 50 times. This literally happened to thousands of times over Mm -hmm. more than two decades, uh, interactions like that. So again, we're the slow kids in the group. It took us a long time to get that. But she slowed down in that moment. She didn't have to. She could have just rolled her eyes and be like, oh, you're Mm -hmm. such a ridiculous person to live with, which she would have been correct in saying that. But she got curious and she found out what happened for me. And so then I told her, I said, well, it sounds like you're making fun of me. Like you're, you know, it's so demeaning. And we call it the ooh. She gave me the first ooh of our relationship. And she said, oh, no wonder you respond the mm-hmm. way you respond because i've just insulted you now again mm-hmm. this 
nothing to do with Phyllis, even though it looked like it was all about Phyllis. This is just what was happening inside of Glenn. And Glenn yeah. was not trying to experience what he was experiencing. I just did. And we slowed down in that moment. And that was a huge shift yeah. uh, in our relationship. And we started realizing that, oh, okay, it's about what happens underneath. Mm -hmm. that matters. It's not about the dishwasher. It's not about the logistics. It's not about who unloaded it or who didn't. It's about what's happening uh, underneath that, which fast forwarding a number of years, again, with so much of our research, that's when we began realizing that humans connect through emotion. They do not connect through logistics. Logistics gets us close geographically, gets us in the same room, but that's not what connects us relationally. So yeah. then when we began researching, exploring emotions and realizing how simple this is, and humans are incredibly complex, but we're also a little bit simple. Mm -hmm. And there are five neural regions associated with emotion. That's true for every human on the planet. That makes it a common language. So now we can actually connect and the five regions are anger, fear, disgust, pain, and pleasure. And from those, we actually glean uh, eight core emotions. Again, those are this is the common language for every human on the planet, even cross-language, mm -hmm. cross-cultural. And once we began understanding that, that if we get humans to the core emotion, they connect. And That's the problem right. is people, number one, don't know what the core emotions are. And number two, have no idea how to uh, convey those. And that's the, the plan that we set up to train people. Technically, it's retraining because they did it well when they were 12 months old. But to retrain people to convey uh, the core emotions. Yeah, we're so afraid yeah. of sharing our true emotions. We're so afraid yeah. of being judged mm -hmm. by it. And I mm -hmm. know because I work with a yeah. lot of men, They they there's this fear within them that if they mm -hmm. share their true feeling, I'm uncomfortable. I'm yep. a bit disgusted. I feel resentful. I'm hurt. Mm. I'm sad that, uh Oh, a woman is now going to perceive me as weak and then she'll mm. no longer be attracted to me. So I better mm. not share that because mm. it's going to have a negative outcome for yeah. me. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's what we, uh, what we created and that was part of just because of what I was going through and when I said to Glenn make this simple yeah. like it's got to be really quick and simple for me and so we created what we call the core emotion wheel mm -hmm. um and it's a four minute exercise so two minutes each and the power behind that is sometimes we need a simple tool that doesn't take a lot of time where we can connect every day on emotionally I think at times we assume that it either has to be a much bigger deal. Like, well, when we go away for the weekend, I can really share what I've been going through, mm -hmm. which that rarely happens. And then the idea of, okay, so every day, if we do this exercise, we can hear each other. And, you know, with doing this exercise, we also teach how to respond. Like Glenn mentioned the ooh, which is an audible response. Like, I just want to know that you're hearing me. Give me yep. something audible so that you're not just staring at me. I want to know that you're hearing me, but I also don't want you to fix me. I don't want you to interrupt me. I don't want you to give me advice. I'm not needing any of that. I just want you to hear me. Mm -hmm. So when I share my sad with you, I just want you to, to audibly respond. Yeah. So I know you've just heard me, but then don't go into the fixing mode. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is super powerful in whether you're dating or whether you're in a permanent relationship where you're like, oh, okay so like over breakfast or over a yeah. cup of coffee every day we can do this one thing that will shift our relationship in a huge way and we've seen that among thousands of couples both dating and married people and you know kind of going back to your qu uh, question a minute ago it's like oh if we take this tool and i actually find out what's really going on with him yeah. or her this may determine greatly the future of our relationship. Like if we're able, cause see, that's the thing, like with the dishwasher, mm. I didn't understand what was going on with him. And so there was wounding like that between us. Mm. Eventually you get tired of being wounded mm. and you go, I don't know that I want to stick in this relationship because I can't even say thank you to this guy mm. without him responding to me with some snarky response. Mm -hmm. But see, then once I found out what was really happening for mm. him and he shared that vulnerable thing i just melted like it drew me to him i wanted to hold him and it was like oh wow i had no idea because you know he always says i'm so productive well i'm just doing the next thing in front of me 
Yeah. And so I never judged him thinking, well, you don't do anything because that wasn't true. I mean, he worked a full time job and he mm-hmm. he was like amazing as in so many ways, but he didn't feel that about himself. And then he just saw me as this most productive human on the planet, which, of course, I was just doing the next thing. So we were disconnecting right. and fighting over the logistics of that, which was so exhausting. Yeah, and that's one of the tools we teach people is what we call following the energy. Mm. What Phyllis did for years from a completely good heart, good intention, great motivation, she would resist my energy. So when I felt bad about myself, she would try to cheer me up. She would try mm-hmm. to encourage me. She would try to reassure me. And she would expend a lot of energy doing that. And it made it worse, not better. Mm-hmm. And now the research shows that that's true. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I said, oh, you know, I don't feel good about myself, she'd go, what? No, babe, you're great. You're a great husband. You're a great dad. You're a great uh, worker. You're a great employer. You're great. You're great. You're great. I would walk away worse off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody thinks that I should have walked away better off. But the well, it's research. It's a mismatch in, in your emotion, right? Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And she didn't make space for me conveying the core emotions. And again, we were clueless back then. We had no idea. Now we are energy followers, and she follows my energy. What we call the ooh is the best way to do that. Um, silent listening is actually bad. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are taught to listen silently, but mm-hmm. audible listening is what we need. And w- when I ooh, fellas, it actually tickles the pleasure center of her brain. Uh, and when I'm silent, it tickles the uh, pain center uh, of enough. her brain. And she feels uh, lost for me very, very quickly. And again, I may be 100% totally tuned in to what she's saying, but if I'm yeah. silent, it actually is a pain experience. And the brain races a little bit, right? Yeah. When, uh, when there's a little bit too much silence there. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 And, you know, we would love to do this uh, kind of this core emotion wheel exercise yeah. for your listeners to kind of give them an idea of mm-hmm. how this works. And then we also have a free download for your mm-hmm. listeners so they can get a copy of it. Uh, and we're excited about that as well. Mm-hmm. So if this is a good moment, we would love to. Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd love to hear. And I, and I also just want to add something, too. And I talk about this on almost most all of my podcasts and on the content I put out there is is learning to be okay with your partner's discomfort. As I'm a fixer too, and when I'm, my partner's down, or anyone for that matter's down, I just want to turn into the jester, the comedian, to take away their pain. Oh, I'll solve this. I won't solve it through you know my cognitive ability and problem solving, but I'll solve it through changing your state to something different right. because it's yeah. uncomfortable for me when you're sad. Exactly. So let's fix that. So no one has to be sad because I don't like sadness. Right. And, right. Uh, and oftentimes it's just learning to be okay that your partner's having their own experience and yes. you can connect yes. to them, but you don't have to internalize that yourself, right? You don't have to take right. on their sadness either, but you also don't have to try and get rid of it. Right. So yeah, l- let's hear the, uh, let's hear the exercise. I'd love cool. to to okay uh, and just a reminder there's the eight core emotions and so that's what we're gonna Mm -hmm. uh, go and share with each other you want to go first babe okay i can uh so for me uh, and just so you know your listeners Mm -hmm. know if you can look at each other you get bonus points uh sometimes it's difficult because it's incredibly vulnerable but if Mm -hmm. you can yeah it sure is eye gazing yeah so for me, um, I felt some hurt uh, yesterday. Mm. We talked about before that when you mentioned for me to do stuff that I'm already about uh, ready to yeah. do, and it feels a little bit painful. Mm. Um, and I think there's loneliness in that because I feel unseen, unheard uh, that yeah. well, I was already doing that thing. Mm. And now you're mentioning to me that that thing needs to be done. And I was already doing wow. it. Uh, and I think there's shame in that for me at times too, you know, we've already talked mm-hmm. about the fact that you're so, I view you as so productive. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, dang, I was wanting to get that done before you even noticed that <laughs> it needed to be uh, yeah. done. Uh, and, and I guess probably some anger in that at times too, mm-hmm. uh, just built on top of the, the hurt, the pain, mm-hmm. and uh, I wow. need to get better at just conveying to you the hurt so that the anger uh, doesn't kick in and become a disconnect wow. uh, for us. Uh, I felt some fear last night walking, finishing up my five miles for the day because I was walking by myself and there was mm. a guy walking in the other direction and I assumed he was going to kill me and oh. he did not. So that was Yikes. a real thrill. Mm. Uh, and I felt some joy in that, that he did not kill me. He just passed by <laughs> and he nodded and actually had the little um, earbud things in and oh, he just wow. kind of nodded uh, and said hi. Mm. And then um, just getting to go away with you a lot the last uh, couple mm. of weeks has been spectacular. I just love doing anything wow. with you, but we got to go to the beach recently and yeah. then of course our 11th grandchild was born on thursday which is pretty spectacular yes a lot of fun mm-hmm. in that it's amazing just getting to be 
together with the clan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt a lot of sadness yesterday, just, you know, my mom living with us and her sight and her hearing diminishing and mm-hmm. uh, she's 95. So uh, that's happening and wow. just realizing yeah. that she's missing more and more, mm-hmm. you know, as far as just connection and being involved yeah. with us. And there's not really much we can do uh, wow. about that. Mm-hmm. And I feel guilt for her just, you know, needing to slow down with her and just being present mm. with her. And yeah. and we were very busy and we're full steam ahead mm. all the time. And so to really be able to slow down with her and just be present wow. uh, with her at time, you know, not knowing do we have days left with her, weeks, mm. months, years, we have no idea. Yeah. But you know, trying to get all Dang. the stuff accomplished that we're trying to get mm. accomplished and be present with her at the same time. Wow. Thanks. So I, I think I'll just start with that. Um, mm. It's just some fear that right now your mom's at the doctor, fear of yeah. what she's going to discover and mm. just what's next as far as her health goes. Yeah. So definitely fear in that. Mm. Um, let's see, anger, feel anger that the pool is leaking and we cannot mm. find anyone to come out yes. and try to fix it. Right. So yeah. um, feel guilt that I snapped at you this morning when I was trying to get mm. ready to go and just wasn't really communicating mm. my emotions, just mm. reacting. Um, I felt shame earlier when I realized that I left my uh, friend a nine minute message on her mm. phone. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> lonely, lonely for me is uh, like we have an event tomorrow and I feel alone and mm. trying to get it all organized and together mm. and planned and yeah. get us there on time. Mm alone in that hurt uh i think i felt hurt last night when we were talking about the family Mm, and just things that are happening within the family Mm. and i think just didn't feel heard by you Mm. and just my own experience in it all and how i'm often the one they talk to so um and i think i feel sadness in that that i am Mm. the one the kids talk to so easily Mm. and I love that, but then I feel sad at times because I wish you were more in those mm. moments as well with the kids right. and hearing their adult lives and what's yeah. going on and just their pains and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel sad. Uh, let's see. I think I have joy left. Mm. Uh, joy, uh, I was thinking about this earlier that we've got a sex date tomorrow night. Mm. Yes. So, those are always here, super here. fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I love it. Thank you. Amazing. So is that four minutes or less? I think I so. Did you time us? <laughs> I think you were right around four minutes, bang Must on, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, we actually did a lot of research on that. That um, four. And it, what's funny is the research showed that four minutes people were um, far more likely. They were if we told them it was a five minute exercise, because our goal is for people to do this every day, because we're mm-hmm. retraining them to recognize core emotions mm-hmm. and convey them safely. And if we told people it's five minutes, they were 43% as likely to do it as if we told them it was four minutes. I, so, I bet, like I said, our attention spans have gone down. So, yeah. I, you know, well, quick and, and, and easy is what we want. In the, ex, in the exit interviews, people thought that five minutes could mean 20 minutes, whereas four minutes sounded distinct enough. And it works yeah. out because there's eight core emotions, 15 seconds each. That's 120 seconds, which is two minutes. Yeah. You know, two people, that's four. So it works out. But we I really like emphasize it. that it needs to be really concise. So with this, it's you don't have to, but the intention with this exercise is to go around all eight. So sharing something with each emotion. But if for some reason you're not feeling shameful about anything, you skip shame or is the intent well, to no, try? And- no, get all eight because we encourage people, yeah. to, if, you, if you don't think of it immediately, go to the last time you experience that emotion. If okay. not the last time, then a big time. So literally... I might say guilt. Let's see, guilt, uh, guilt. Um, phew, I got nothing. Oh, I felt guilt when I was in eighth grade and I stole some money from my mom's mm-hmm. purse. Well, that was before I met <laughs> Phyllis. It has nothing to do with her. But what we're doing is exercising the emotional muscle okay. so that later this afternoon, so that tomorrow I am much more tuned into myself to recognize mm. guilt. Because okay. for so many of us, for me, certainly, I didn't recognize core emotions for so long, most of my life. So I had no clue. So I needed to exercise over and over and over again for that emotional muscle to, because it had atrophied so horribly. Uh, And now I'm in tune with what's happening for me. Therefore, I'm able to convey it to my partner. So what if you have a partner who is somewhat long-winded? That's why it's two minutes. 
So that's it. it. They they have to agree up no. front that they no. will minimize no. it to that time frame. Okay, no. fair enough. <laughs> well, and that is like uh, the the free download that we have for your listeners includes the rules. Yep. And part of the thing that's super important is like you don't interrupt, you audibly respond like we did with each other, and you don't go over two minutes each because for the other, so often the person who's long-winded there's something behind that too. It's mm. it's probably the idea that they ha- feel that they have to explain themselves really well to prove yeah. that their emotion is valid. Oh, I would and agree so, with you. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And so this is like, oh, I'm just supposed to give a sentence. I don't have to explain myself. And the person can't interrupt to like ask you more questions or correct you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if I say, well, I felt hurt, you know, because I didn't feel like you heard me last night when I was talking about the kids, that is not the moment for him to go, well, that's not true. Mm-hmm. I totally understood you, right? Because mm-hmm. then you are disregarding each other and you're creating actually mm-hmm. this more as a weapon. Yeah. We're really in this exercise, you're agreeing, I want to understand what's happening for you. And, and we're not trying to uh give any kind of that's the like that's why we limit the time you you simply say the sentence and if afterwards your partner wants to ask like oh babe i didn't know that your mom was at the doctor and Mm. that she's getting checked out like there's okay it's okay or oh i didn't know the pool was leaking and did you try calling harry Mm. you know there is afterwards you can have conversation about it but you're really just trying to hear each other in a safe space like i'm not gonna fix you i'm not gonna interrupt you i'm not you know and you don't even have to agree Mm -hmm. like if someone felt hurt we are so quick to go oh i didn't mean to hurt you (laughs) well that just disregards the fact that they were hurt and that Mm -hmm. should stand alone like that is valid in and of itself yeah and conveying a core emotion is not blaming the other if i Mm -hmm. feel hurt by something phyllis said i just felt hurt i did i'm not she may have literally said something kind Mm -hmm. like thanks for loading the dishwasher yeah and i felt pain so shoot me i guess i mean i don't know what you do so (laughs) i wasn't trying to feel pain i wasn't trying to feel shame i just did and now we get it that oh okay that's just what's happening with glenn that's not blaming Phyllis. Did Phyllis contribute to it? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe literally 0%, maybe 19%, 64%. We have no idea. Yeah. But it doesn't even matter. Glenn felt pain. I did. Now, if Phyllis is hurting me on purpose, now we're on a whole different uh, realm. Of course. But Phyllis never hurts me on purpose. I just felt hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's not to blame uh, for that. It's not her fault. Again, did she contribute to it? Some, maybe, maybe not. But what mattered is that I did experience pain in that. Yeah, so it's very cathartic. You're allowing each of you a few minutes to express what's going on. There's no judgment. There's no questioning. There's no explanation. What do you two notice after the exercise is done? Do you feel more connected right away? Or does it just feel nice that you've expressed and then you notice that the opportunities to connect with each other later are more powerful because these things aren't standing in your way? Or what's your experience after? all of the above mm-hmm. one of the things that our research showed is that humans can't experience an emotion for more than 19 seconds if it's not reactivated which this was startling when this came out uh, about two years ago uh i just couldn't believe it at first like wait wait, wait 19 seconds i've seen i've, I've experienced an emotion for three days before so mm-hmm. what are you talking about 19 seconds but and there's many things that can reactivate an emotion and so often we do it to each other so mm-hmm. I, I say, you know, I feel some shame there. Phyllis reassures me. She tells me I shouldn't feel shame. You know, I'm great, whatever. Well, she's actually reactivating, reactivating. the core emotion. Yeah. Not on purpose. She's doing it from a good heart, trying to reassure me, but it doesn't work. So when we process these emotions, they dissipate. Uh, we have a lot of brain scans that mm-hmm. really show this. So if I'm conveying hurt, uh, it actually dissipates the pain in my brain very, very quickly. Uh, now, if I've been stabbed in the chest with a knife, the knife is wound is still there. So it keeps mm-hmm. reactivating. Right. Uh, but with emotional hurt, which the brain doesn't distinguish physical from emotional pain, mm-hmm. the body knows the difference, but the brain doesn't. So when I feel hurt by Phyllis, if she can be present with me, if she can ooh me, she can follow my energy for 19 seconds, that pain dissipates very, very quickly. And we actually bond through that because she was safe for me, because mm-hmm. she was present uh, for me. 
Well, and actually, I, I love the way you just asked that, because even if you do this by yourself, you mm. will feel right. a difference in yeah. your body. It's like mm -hmm. if you can picture your brain firing all these emotions, mm. and if we don't process them, which means we are releasing them from our body, we're storing them. That's mm. right. And it's, you know, and it's like, so when you use this exercise, even by yourself, and we always encourage you to say it out loud. It's like you can almost see it leaving your body. Mm -hmm. And so people yeah. go, oh, my word, I just asked myself, I'm driving in the car mm -hmm. and I'm like by myself and I'm going, man, what's happening with mm -hmm. me? And I'm like, OK, what is let me think about the eight. What is happening with me? Oh, fear, like fear that Glenn's mom is going to get mm -hmm. a bad report at the doctor. Oh, man. And where does that take me? Oh, my goodness. Guilt that I haven't spent more time with her lately. And I just start to go the, through the whole wheel on that one topic. Right. And right. then I'm like able to take a deep breath like, mm -hmm. OK, all right. Versus getting stuck in one of those emotions. You know, sometimes we see it like an anger or fear or something where it's like, I'm just stuck in this. I cannot mm. seem to get past it. Well, we're not really processing emotion. So often we're storing it and our bodies are really struggling because of that. You know, our nervous system gets dysregulated. Mm -hmm. And so our limbic system gets affected. And when we do this simple exercise, it's like our body is like, thank you. Thank you so much for just getting that done. And so, yes, we can, you can feel a difference immediately. You can uh, even like pull towards your partner because you just feel that, oh my gosh, now I understand. Or I, or often we say when people do this with someone else, I mean, you can do it with your partner. You can do it with your friend. You can do it with a coworker, or a family member. Yeah. It's like you all of a sudden hear things like, oh my gosh, I had no idea you felt lonely about getting things done for the project tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like the event, how can I help? And so mm -hmm. you partner so differently when you actually hear that and the other thing have you already said this that when you share your brain fires in that region as well so it's like when i hear his hurt the region in my brain that's hurt also fires and so there's a lot more yeah. bonding that happens in that yeah and if we just deal with logistics so phyllis walks in the room and says you know i can't believe you said that about me earlier that you mm. know that, that was so bad well that's logistical she's describing the situation it's true mm. i'm not saying it's not true but logistics mm -hmm. don't connect humans relationally. If she walks in the room and says, I felt hurt by what you said earlier, mm -hmm. it activates the pain region of my brain. It becomes a shared human experience and we bond through mm -hmm. that. We can't mm -hmm. help it. I'm just drawn to her because mm -hmm. it's a mutually experience. And when she's just talking logistics, there's no connection. The logistics mm -hmm. may be true. I'm not saying they're not true. I'm not saying they're not accurate, valid, whatever but we do not connect through those. We connect through uh, emotion. But yeah. again, most people are illiterate emotionally. They have no idea how to actually convey. They don't even know what the core emotions are, yeah. much less how to uh, convey those smoothly. Yeah, most of us are living in a very like reactive state and, and don't have that yeah. like yeah. internal and external self-awareness. So what about when the two of you, so I love how you're able to connect through this short exercise and sharing and uh, makes you probably feel like you understand each other and you're, 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 you're there for each other and you're not living separate lives. Like you're, you're with each other in this regard. What about when you need something from your partner, when you recognize, okay, I am feeling maybe day after day, I'm feeling a similar pattern here of hurt or anger or shame. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to become aware of it. I'm noticing it. I'm sharing it. But I don't want to necessarily disassociate from that. There's something potentially here that's going to come up Absolutely. that actually needs to be addressed. So yeah. what do you, yeah. how, how do you two then deal with a problem that does need some solving? Yeah, well, obviously you're so dang advanced that you know this stuff. Um, <laughs> and I hope your listeners are too. Because the three phrases, we call it, the ooh, what's happening, I missed it, go together. Mm -hmm. After the core emotion is processed, again, not in 45 minutes, but literally in 30 seconds, then we use what we call the fourth phrase to say, what do you need? Uh -huh. Because that's the essence of the human condition is meeting needs. That's what we're always doing. Mm -hmm. We live in a very complex society, but that's still all we're doing is meeting needs. So I'm going to ask her again, after she processes the emotion, uh, I'm going to ask her, so maybe what do you need there? Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of times all she needed was to convey it to me. She that's needed right. to process the emotion. Yeah. But sometimes there is a logistical thing that she needs me to do, whether it's a, a task or just mm -hmm. to, to be more aware, more careful next time to not 
do that, say that, whatever the thing uh, is. And so we're always uh, in, in momentum towards finding what the need uh, is to meet that uh, need. And uh, again, a lot of times the person won't even know what the need is. I'll be like, and if I ask her, I'm like, so babe, what do you need? She's like, I don't, I don't really know. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And then she'll come back two minutes, an hour, two hours later and go, you know, it finally dawned on me what I needed there was this. And now we just dance uh, mm-hmm. through that together. And we're very, very much partnered in it. But we have to process the core motion first because the limbic system blocks the cortex. The cortexes are the executive functions of the brain. And we become dumber versions of ourselves when the mm-hmm. limbic system is flooded, not because we're dumb, it's because we're flooded. And we did a lot of research on this, watching people present themselves as dumb people because their limbic system is flooded. People mm-hmm. literally couldn't remember their multiplication tables. Yeah, uh, They couldn't remember their home address. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in a, um, uh, a weird traffic altercation one time and Phyllis literally was yelling to our younger daughter, what's the number for 911? Because she was so overwhelmed. She was yeah. flooded with fear. Then she finally, our daughter, who's a doctor, she's a very brilliant person, remembered the number for 911, told <laughs> Phyllis. Phyllis called and told the people the wrong address where we were. Okay, I and get it. Fortunately, yeah. fortunately yeah. they had a tracking thing. Phyllis is a brilliant person. In that moment, she mm-hmm. is a dumb version of herself. She State can't remember shock. the number for 911, yeah. and she can't remember where the heck we are. Uh, again, not because she's dumb. She's brilliant. But in that moment, her limbic system is so flooded that her cortexes do not and will not engage until That's that emotion right. is cleared out. I just think of a funny example of like when you're stressed, really high stress, and yep. you're in a rush, and you don't know where your keys are, but they're in your hand kind of thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Which is, you know, why obviously even, so let's say couples out there are like, okay, yes, let's try this exercise. And they sit down mm-hmm. and they do it and they get super flooded because this is the mm-hmm. first time they're sharing their sure. anger, their shame or their guilt, and something's re-triggering them. And it's kind of mm-hmm. going on and on. And now they're in this mm-hmm. flooded sense of, I feel out of control with my emotions. Mm-hmm. Do you also teach couples how to manage their own emotions? Because the co-regulation can be helpful. Your partner's there, their hands are on mm-hmm. your leg, they're calming, they, they might bring you down, but you might be so in your own experience mm-hmm. that you're so mm-hmm. flooded, you're not thinking rationally. Uh, do you also teach your clients and and people that listen to your show how to regulate their own emotions through different Mm -hmm. tools as well oh yeah absolutely and that's part of even using this core emotion wheel by yourself you know just like what i was sharing earlier driving down the road and going okay what's happening with me Mm -hmm. and then being Mm -hmm. able to go whoa i feel a lot of fear about what this means with my Mm mother-in-law and just feel guilt that I didn't include her this weekend with all of our activities. And I kind of feel some shame that, oh, she's hard to deal with at times. And I just start to go through all the stuff that I'm being flooded with at the moment. Yeah. And I'm all by myself. Right. And mm-hmm. and when I do that, I am I, I feel the shift in my body. Mm-hmm. Like I feel the calm come over me and then I'm able to, you know, breathe deeply and there's a lot, I mean, you know, as far as co-regulating, no, regulating right. within yourself. Right. Like the more you understand about emotion, yeah. the more you're able to tune in to your yeah. own self and go, okay, what is happening with Yeah, me? and, and um, not during the core emotion wheel. The core emotion wheel is a staged enactment. It's two minutes. It has to be done according to the rules. And the reason is a tool quickly becomes a weapon. If it's mm-hmm. not used properly, is a hammer a tool or a weapon? Well, it depends on what you do with the hammer. That's right. It's a yeah. great tool and a brutal uh, weapon. So use the core motion wheel according to the rules or on the website. Please, please, please use them according to the rules. So not during the core motion wheel, but in real time, Phyllis says to me, you know, whatever, she walks in the room and she says, I felt hurt by what you said. I'm going to get hit with my own core motion, whether it's guilt, whether it's um, sadness, which is a pain experience. Uh, I'm going to say that in the moment, but literally I'm going to go, babe, we'll talk about my guilt in a minute. What's happening? And it's just the three phrases always mm-hmm. gets us back on track. And I go, what's happening with you there? What am I missing about your hurt? She tells me, I'm like, so what do you need? And she's like, well, I don't know. Maybe don't call me a stupid idiot on the podcast <laughs> next week. And I'm like, yeah. I can do that. Um, and then for bonus points, she's going to go back to the core emotion that I conveyed. And she's going to go, so you mentioned guilt. What was happening there? That's well. 
I felt some guilt. You know, I was being a smart ass and I called you a stupid idiot and that was horrible. And that was bad version of me. Mm-hmm. I can do better than that next time. And again, we're literally 45 seconds, 60 seconds into this. We yeah. virtually never, uh, have, we disconnect about three times a year, which blows our mind because we used to disconnect three times before breakfast every day. <laughs> uh, so that stuns us. And our tense moments are rarely more than 30 seconds, which again, if you told me that 25 years ago that that was possible, I would have said, no, you're just being a jerk. That's not true. Because if you had told me, hey, Glenn, you know, those, you know, day and a half conflicts you have with your wife, you could have handled it in 30 seconds. I'd be like, shut up. Don't, you know, that's just (laughs) cool. And now, again, I'm stunned because it's actually true. Mm. Uh, We process through stuff in 30 seconds. What I'm kind of observing here is that an individual also has to have somewhat of an ability to, even though they might get hit with the words by their partner for a moment there, they're, they're experiencing their own emotion, but they're making a conscious choice to park it for a moment so that they can respond in an effective way to their partner. For some people that in and of itself might be incredibly difficult depending on their traumatic past. And so I also would just say that make there might be individuals that need a little bit of their own therapy to deal with some of their own emotional regulation if they're really stuck in a pattern of reacting. Because if we're constantly reacting to a partner, if, if my partner walks in the room and, and says something like could be the, the kindest way that he says it, right? But I have a natural way of reacting, then we're not going to have a productive 60 seconds here, we're going to have what could be a very explosive 60 seconds. So it does sound like there's some work that needs to be done on the individual's part to even get to a place of emotional openness and understanding themselves to a degree to even be able to use this tool effectively. Right. Yeah. And that's, we um, encourage everybody on the planet to do our foundations masterclass It's called Mm. foundations because it's the foundations of this. It builds uh, on it, it, you know, how to build the relationship. So yes, for most people, they've done this so poorly. That was very much true for us for decades. Uh, We were so bad at this. Uh, But what we find just for the record, I do very, very few uh, individual sessions because Phyllis needs to know what's happening with Glenn. And mm. so if if I was doing a session with Phyllis and Glenn, which sounds weird, but uh, if I was, <laughs> Phyllis would actually be sitting in the corner under a vow of silence to observe <laughs> what's happening for Glenn because she needs to know mm. what's happening uh, with me. Because otherwise I'm gonna have to go home and explain to her what the whole dang session uh, was about, which mm-hmm. is gonna be exhausting for me. Whereas if she was sitting in the corner under a vow of silence, she observed what was happening with Glenn and his uh, therapist, whose name was also Glenn. So maybe you can talk (laughs) about that real quick, uh, as far as just the court, the masterclass. Well, I was thinking that, you know, so often in a podcast, it's like we're touching on the subject, but yeah, yeah, Yeah. there is so much more, uh, you know, and for many of us, it's because we've had traumas in our life. Mm. You know, we all have to kind of figure out our own baggage. We have to figure out our own childhood. As far as just knowing, it's like, okay, wow, I get triggered by these things, but your partner may not understand that. Like what mm-hmm. triggers one person doesn't necessarily trigger another person. Mm-hmm. And and so it's like, oh, wow, I want to get to know you mm-hmm. in a really authentic way, but it is great to have some tools that are, because mm-hmm. kind of like what you mentioned earlier, you could do this exercise and one person's long-winded. And so then you're like, well, I don't, I can do that maybe once a month, but I'm not doing that every day. That's right. So it's like we learned, no, 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 keep it short because then your partner can kind of begin to understand more about who you are with it becoming without it becoming this long winded thing that just it doesn't work that way as far as kind of connecting yourself to your brain. For many of us, we just don't understand the science behind it and the power behind it. And as Glenn mentioned, like our foundation's masterclass is kind of one of those where we understand so much of the science, which I'm, again, I don't want to read the research papers. I don't want to read the books, but I do want to know in 20 minutes, give me a 20 minute version. Like I, I'm the one who would do the, in school, you know, we'd have to read a novel, give me the cliff notes. I'm really great with cliff notes. And so this is a lot of cliff notes because there's great books out there. There's great stuff, you know, uh, 
uh, Brene Brown talks about emotion, but some people just get super overwhelmed. Like, oh, the mm. book is really, really long and it's mm. so detailed. It's like, give me just a tool, a quick tool that I can yeah. connect with my partner and see a difference yeah. right now. And those are the things that we have found work so well with our clients is that make it so you can immediately see a difference in yourself, mm. in your relationship, and just in your overall like that's what's so cool about these tools and the foundations like we mentioned earlier why versus what happens this is a four minute tool there's you know this whole thing for us with foundation starts with identity like how important it is that i know that i matter to you it all starts with that like i need to know in this relationship that i have value because if mm -hmm. not, I lose so much identity that I can, I feel like I'm drowning every day being around you. Yeah. And sometimes we just got to understand those basic things so we can move forward in these relationships that we're trying to build and get somewhere really healthy, especially with dating. Like mm -hmm. what, what is the next thing? Or are we just dealing with our own loneliness? We're so lonely that we want to be around someone. So we put up with all kinds of crap <laughs> and it's like, okay, let me deal with my lonely. Let me learn to process mm -hmm. my lonely, say it out loud and name it. And then we go, oh, wow. I feel so differently mm -hmm. because I'm tuning into myself and finding out what's happening. Yes. And that so much of that we talk about, you know, in the in the foundations masterclass. And if you're I, I do want to make sure I mention this, like with your listeners, if they go to connectioncodes.co forward slash self confident, is it confident or confidence pro, uh, project confidence, confidence. project? Yep. Yeah, that they will be able to get this free download. And that will be the rules. It'll be a video on us doing it and just teaching them how to use it, which is so we love that. Like we love being able to give away free tools. And then if they are interested in any of our master classes, but the foundations one, if they use the code SCP20, they'll get 20% off of any of our master classes that can give them, you know, just more of, um, what you've heard today yeah. and to kind of understand yeah. a little because yeah like you say some people have a lot of work to do like they they're mm. to need to learn to tune into themselves and yeah. kind of get get a start there before they can even share these things with a partner that's right a lot of people come to me because they really are craving connection to another person and often mm. our work starts with them finding that connection within themselves, right. understanding yes. what yep. they want, what they need. Yep. And, yes. and sometimes a little bit of a past exploration is needed to understand what does yeah. trigger us and how we respond to those triggers and then making a choice to do it differently. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I like, uh, I appreciate you sharing this tool. And I, I know that, you know, everyone, you know, there are couples out there that are willing to do the three day long immersive retreats. And mm. I'm the kind of person that, yeah, I'll listen to a 40 hour audio book on something, but that's definitely not what my partner is going to do. <laughs> If yeah. I can't make a clear, concise point in 90 seconds or less, it's all over. Mm. So mm. I feel you. Um, and so <laughs> I definitely, you know, recommend and one of the things I do with each one of my clients at the beginning of our call is in fact, name what we're feeling because it's a good good practice to just express yeah. what's going wow. on for us. It's important to be able to share it and not always necessarily need to give it 90 minutes or 60 minutes. Just say, yeah. I feel yeah. overwhelmed. I feel tired. I feel lonely. I feel sad. I feel shameful. Mm. I feel pissed off at the world. I feel better for just saying all of that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. if we, so if, if we do it little bit often, Yes. Versus a lot of it, not very often. I think that you yes. know, practice makes perfect and uh, being able to include something into a daily routine that like, let's be honest, everybody has four minutes a day to do this, right? Yep. Right. <laughs> yep. Time yep. is the biggest excuse for all of us, but time is equal for all of us. So where we choose it and how we spend it determines right. what's important to us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyone that was that wants to be in a relationship with anyone else has got to know up front that it's going to take a little bit of time and mm. a little bit of effort. So thank you very much for, for coming on to the show and, and sharing right. this. I've been really uh, looking forward to speaking with your, you both and uh, you, you vibe off each other very 
very well. And mm-hmm. I can tell there's some some humor in your relationship as well. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, you would be startled how funny I am. I'm very, very funny. We know who the funny one is here. Yeah, I've been working for years to convince yeah. her of that. Um, but I do just want to mention just real quickly that we're so passionate about this because we're living it and we're startled that this is yeah. even possible, that it exists mm. and that it's important minimal uh and again and i've said multiple times we're the slow kids in the group i'm stunned that this is a thing and we want mm. everybody in the world to get to uh, experience it it's that yeah. powerful well give it a try if you're listening to the show and you're not coupled up yet go through it and understand what's mm-hmm. going on for you so that when you do find someone uh you're you're better poised to actually open yeah. up and share in an important mm-hmm. and valuable way and certainly being understood is a goal for most of us in relationships mm-hmm. and the reason why we move on to someone else is we think well they just mm-hmm. don't get me he's just not yeah. listening she yeah. just doesn't understand me right wow Right. So, uh, so thank you very much. Of course, I'll include all these links and codes in the uh, show notes cool. for, for everyone to, to find yes. the two of you and learn more about you as well. And uh, before thank we you. sign off today, let us know what's coming up for you in September here. Wow, we're actually headed to Canada. So that's oh. exciting. But we're on the we're more on the East Coast. We're going okay. to Ottawa and yep. Toronto and Stratford. We'll be speaking at all those places. But yeah, we have a podcast. So we love uh, a weekly podcast comes out mm-hmm. on our end. So mm. we just yeah, we love putting our content out there and uh, love to travel, love speaking at events. And so are so thankful thankful for you guys yes. and and uh for you letting us be on your show mm-hmm. it's really been so special so thank you thank you thank yep. you very much for being here take care everybody i love it